0: And welcome back to the show. Thank you. So, today we are going to, once again, for the third time now. Uh, dissect the wisdom product, we will start with two cards in the communication category. And this one will be added over time with more and more of these, but we're going to dissect them and talk about them. And then we go to switch over to cognitive bias that could hamper communication many. So I will read the first one it's called Be Impeccable with Your Word. Communications is powerful enough to unite all humanity towards to work towards shared goal. Use it well. And what are the implications? Being a great communicator can be rewarded 100 times more than the average. By constantly learning, practicing, you can improve the skill to make great things happen that you can never do alone. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think this is such a good uh, way of framing how important it is to actually be a good communicator. People usually talk about how you should be a good person talking with another person just for the good of the conversation. But if you think about every company that has done something amazing, every researcher who has changed the world have really done it by after doing some communicating why it was so important that other people followed up on that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But maybe we should define impeccable here because it's not really a common word and at least I didn't know it first. So how do you define impeccable?
1: I think uh, being precise, being correct and being clear, it's really a, it's a word that has many connotations and it's all related. Making sure not only that you say what you mean, but actually saying what you need to say so that the other people understand what you want them to understand.
0: One thing that is clearly stated that many of us tend to forget a lot is that clear, Trump's clever all the time. In the end, it's all about communication. It's all about making sure that the message is correctly, correctly interpreted. By all members especially for the other ones and um, I would go even further to say that communication is like the ultimate productivity not only for yourself but also for others and you mentioned too that um, many great companies have used communication to their advantage and avoid jargon as much as you can unless it's a way to signal report to the other one I guess Yes. how should you go about practicing being clear and communicate to other people
1: I think too few people are comfortable enough with asking for feedback which I think when it comes to communication, having someone who knows you and who you can practice with is one of the best ways because it's very hard for you to notice if you stutter. If you have a friend who helped you to catch it, it makes it much easier for you to change your communications.
0: Yeah, that's a very good tip. And maybe you should record yourself too if you're trying to make some official or public statement to kind of see yourself okay. Because you gain some kind of higher perspective once you do it.
1: Yes, communicating while recording is a great way of then looking back, how were you unclear or where did you speak to fast example?
0: The final card for now in the communication category is read like this. Someone affected by cognitive dissonance need to feel calm and listened to before being open to hearing logical arguments. So what is cognitive dissonance?
1: Yeah. So cognitive dissonance In short Is when a person Holds more than one belief uh, That are in conflict With each other So you could say Like a smoke You talked about Last week The smoker knows That they shouldn't be smoking Or they know That they're smoking And they are trying Down how bad it is So they have a behavior They know bad for them So they have a Conflict in their mind This is really The dissonant Conflict And this leads to A person Not being able To really Analyze the situation Or analyze the, uh, What you're trying To tell them It ends up being that you're more feeling panic or being attacked when a person tells you that you're doing something wrong. I think many of us can relate to being corrected and rather than analyzing if they are correct, you start thinking, how can I argue against? How can I prove them wrong? Rather than being open to the possibility that they are, because if they're attacked.
0: So I guess that if one should find yourself in a cognitive dissonance state, big step already to recognize the internal dissonance, how should one go about it? Is it just a matter of journaling and being honest with oneself or other other kinds of tools and techniques that you have seen so far?
1: There are a few things you can do. Most of them are related to if you're able to calm yourself down and really look at like a pro and con. What are the shortcomings of each solution if you have two options to choose between? Many times it's more complex That is really a feeling that you don't really want to look into. Let's say that all your friends tell you that it's important to have this opinion and you have this opinion without really having analyzed pros and cons. Then it's really hard for you to And that's when you really act. Be able to look fresh on the pros and cons or look at two alternatives and see what are the downsides with each and which one has the least downsides.
0: Okay. So once you remove the identity and emotional elements, it's all about seeing the entire playground from all areas, whether it's from the positive aspects and negative aspects and take it from there, I guess.
1: Yes. And I think that's really the hardest part is to get to the non emotional.
0: So because it's the hardest part, maybe it should be a great way to clarify how one could get there in the first place because yeah, emotions are emotions. Maybe it's all about um, releasing them, being sure to vent out or <laughs> rant a bit before having this calming effect. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think for many people, if they're able to vent, if they're able to get that far, it's possible for people to hear other people opinion. but that's usually quite hard to do and I think you should be happy if you can make small progress in one session rather than trying to spend two hours to make progress because this is something that for many people, it takes sleeping on it to really be able to turn Yeah,
0: that sounds like a good answer. And speaking of other people, we're going to move towards cognitive biases with a quite a fitting card. It's called false consensus. We believe more people agree with us than is actually the case. Could you explain a little bit?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think this is a good example of a cognitive bias where you don't really realize doing it, but it's kind of easy to see when other people are doing it. So you could say that there are 200 cognitive biases depending on how you define it. And they are very much intertwined. Some of them overlap. When you have decided what you think, then you think that most people think like you.
0: Yeah, and also it's quite rare to not following the crowd, so to speak, since we, yeah, so deeply ingrained of us by natural reasons, of course, to adjust ourselves to the tribe. Confirmation bias. We tend to find and remember information that confirms our perception. And one example here, a picture of a UFO with a saying that you can confirm a conspiracy theory based scant evidence while ignoring contrary evidence or contrary evidence. Could you explain the last part?
1: Yes, so this example is quite good, that if you believe that you are alien, you could find hundreds of articles confirming your belief that there are aliens that have been to Earth.
0: Do you have a theory, or others have a theory too, why certain people tend to cling on this kind of uh, very uh, outrageous, probably isn't the best word, but still quite, um, yeah, quite mysterious believe Why any person would believe in many things like this?
1: Yes, and uh, this is a really good question, and it's really related to all of these, how we are not as influenced by reasonings we think. We really are influenced by what other people are telling us over and over again. So if you hear the same claim from all your friends, then you will start to believe them, even if you don't actually think they make that much sense. So a good example of this would be if you join a cult, where the only people see are the same 20 people. And this is really Is the biggest issue with a cult that you are exposed to a too small selection of society. And I would say that you can see the same thing in a conspiracy theory group that the only people that talk about the conspiracy theory are the people who are interpreting the world the same way they are. And as soon as they talk with someone who has a different opinion, it's very easy for them to just avoid that person. And you can see the same thing in politics. That if a person says that they have a different opinion, you'd rather just stop talking to them than to hear their reason. And that's really the problem. You do not actually feel comfortable hearing a contrarian. So that's really how people end up going down into a rabbit hole of specific theories, that they start only talking to people that are encouraging that specific theory.
0: So let's imagine ourselves in a situation one has a particular set of beliefs, although there could be some quality dissonance. And what would be the best step to sort of at least listen to what the others are saying rather than trying to avoid this as much as possible? What steps of courage would be the easiest for them.
1: I think that uh, in order for someone to see other way of interpreting the date, they really have to self-reflect. And we will get to that kind of uh, communication later where we talk about basically the Socratic method where you ask questions uh, in order to guide the person to do self-reflection. And I think that's really the best way to help someone who are interpreting something in a
0: illogical. Okay, that sounds good. Let's move over to another card. And this one, I've actually never heard of this. So it this will be fun. It's called the third person effect. We believe that others are more affected by mass media, probably social media too, depending on where you're hanging out, consumption than we ourselves are. So, an illustrative example is a flat screen and with a quote which says, You've clearly been brainwashed by the media. Uh, is that still the case, or are people living in their own filter bubbles?
1: Yeah, I would say that this is a good example of something that we are not aware of, that we are misinterpreting. How how we behave and how we react to. And the same thing can be said for I am not at all influenced by all the commercial size. That's another statement that's related to this that when you see commercials, you feel like, oh, yes, I buy exactly as much candy as uh, everyone else, but I'm not influenced by commercial. I buy it for other reasons, while you feel like other people are just buying candy because they are seeing the commercials. So you, have your, you hold yourself to a very different bar than people that you see around you.
0: Cool. So let's move over to. Thank you another one I haven't seen before so it's kind of like a treasure chest so thank you for that it's called declinism I hope I pronounced it correctly we tend to romanize romanticize rather the past and view the future negatively believing that societies and institutions are by and large decline I guess it has a lot with fixed mindsets too yeah. so do you have any comments about this is there a way to get this kind of optimism in one's life aside from watching art which is very very popular youtube channel
1: i think that uh, we will get to a few things to think about related this uh, later in this day
0: so we have a knight on the horse and a quote that says in my day kids have more respect so i guess there is some juvenile there too
1: yeah i think that's a good example of how people are romanticizing their youth and thinking that when i was a child i was so much better than kids
0: status quo bias we tend to prefer things stay the same changes from the baseline are considered to be lost we see a stop sign, which says, even though an app terms of service invades Sally's privacy, she'd rather not switch to another app. So could you explain the role of switching costs and how much one able to wait for taking action?
1: Yes, so I think uh, the switching cost is quite related to this. But really the thing that we talk about here is that, for example, if you have a system that you are not really that happy with, let's say that your political partner has made a specific bus route that you're not really that happy. With. And then comes the other political partners says that no let's do it this way that is slightly better but then just the fact that it's slightly better isn't enough because now we have a system that kind of works so if it ain't broke don't fix that's really the feeling that you have and you feel like it could be worse in some other way that we don't know about right now so it's really a fear of change and a as you say uh, the switching cost is higher than you depending on the situation the switching cost can be quite high
0: yeah i like that answer and also the fact that uh, when it comes to switching costs i guess that in the end, it's all about cost-benefit analysis, and since there's another sunk cost bias that would, would probably require uh, significant benefits for one's own in order to accept it, if I'm right. yes. So I, yeah. So I'll interpret it as a yes. Let's move over to a card called framing effect. We often draw different conclusions, the same information, depending on how it's presented, and there is a picture of a frame and a picture. So, yeah, picture in picture, go figure. And it's Alice hears that her favorite candidate is, quote, killing, unquote, with 45% approval rate. Sally hears that the candidate is, quote, disappointing the country unquote, with a 45% rate. They have wildly different interpretations of the same statistic. So it reminds myself that two people can look at the same event and draw different conclusions. Is that what the card is saying?
1: To some extent, yes, but it's more than that.
0: So could you elaborate?
1: So the framing effect really is that if someone tells you, uh, did you see the car that mashed into this other car? Or if the person instead frames it as, did you see this minor uh, accident that uh, scraped the car? The way that you frame it will make the person and think of it quite differently. They will not really associate the same things if you say a car accident or smash. So by just framing it in a slightly different way, you make the person focus on different parts. I think that's a good example of if you tell someone that the bar is being met and uh, the person is performing over expectation, or if you say that they are underperforming, but you say it even though it's the same number.
0: Yeah, I guess it's all coming down to expectations, which according to me, generate emotions or really are the ones that sourcing emotions with higher expectations leading to more negative ones. So so I guess that uh, it's all coming down to how much expectations and how much you're willing to anchor it, get kind of a different perspective on it.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think this is a good example of how knowing about a cognitive bias makes it easier for you to know how to better communicate. If you know that someone will negatively interpret what you say, if you frame it in the way that you prefer, but you know how to reframe it so that they will interpret it more positively, that makes it much Easy for you to communicate.
0: Okay, that's a very good way to add there to reference back to communication part. So the last card that we're going to tell before we wrap up and save the rest for the next one episode is the authority bias. We trust and are more often influenced by the opinions of authority figures. And we can see a, a person wearing a suit and tie and the quote who says, my teacher told me this was fine. Do you have any comments?
1: Yeah, I think this is a very nice um, card related to com- Communication as well—that you know that a person uh, who is wearing a tie and that person is trying to show confidence, trying to show authority. And for most people, uh, without really reflecting about it, that person will be given more respect and more attention just because they have dressed uh, up a bit. So by being the most well-dressed person in the room, you will not only get people looking at you, but also get this authority bias targeted towards you. That people will hear your voice, and if you sound confident, that means that you are correct in many subconscious. So by just sounding like you know what you're talking about, people think that this really is a very problematic bias, that people prefer to listen to someone who is authoritative rather than someone who is trying to play in the world as it is. And usually the world is quite complex, but people prefer this very simple explanation of the world from a very common person.
0: Yeah, so I guess the challenge is to make the complex as simple as possible and to wear a suit and tie in order to benefit, benefit from these.
1: And even though they don't realize it themselves, as we were talking about with the third-person effect, if I asked you what person made you have this opinion, you would never say that one person was the main reason. But if you dwell further, it could actually be that one authority figure quite early in your life made a big dent, changing the direction of your opinion, and then you really just had confirmation bias, confirming this belief that this authority figure gave you. So all of these cognitive biases that we're talking about now all really could intertwine, where a person gives. their opinion and your subconscious will really take this and be influenced towards this opinion and then you will just seek confirmation for an opinion that someone else had. So I think this uh, quote here, my teacher told me it's fine. That is how the subconscious actually thinks that if a person that you have trust in tells you that this is fine, that's enough for you. You don't actually reason about the pros and cons. Uh, Your subconscious doesn't really reason about the pros and cons. And then when someone asks you why, you will usually rationalize it without analyzing your actual
0: opinion yeah that sounds like a very good way to put it and yeah most often or depending on how you want to view it i just want to end with the last thing that this one a one of the key influencing tools of the book called influence by the robert caldini which is a very very great read if you want to sell to other people that you can use this kind of authority biases or other ones that we probably will see later in this series, as um, yeah, in, in in your own way. So with that, I want to say thank you very much for attending this session.
1: Thank you.